This podcast may contain strong language and references to violence. Listener discretion is advised. The citizens handbook. The citizens Kia ora no mai haere mai and welcome to the Citizen's Handbook podcast, the companion podcast to the Citizen's Handbook web series that you should watch. And if you haven't watched it, go do that right now. My name is Robbie, and this is a podcast for people who want to know about New Zealand but hate to read. So, we've invited a comedian and turned civics education into a game that someone can win. To make sure that nobody cheats, we've got a moderator called Finn. Finn, tell us how the game works. Okay, Robbie, I will. Thanks, Finn. Robbie and our guest are going to take turns explaining a topic to each other, but they're also going to sneak in three cheeky little lies. Whoever spots the most lies from the other person wins. Easy. Easy. Today our special guest is Pax Asadi from Seven Days and Frickin' Dangerous Bro, and we'll be talking about colonisation. What happens when one group of people decide they should be put in charge and won't take no for an answer. I'll be talking about Edward Gibbon Wakefield, and Pax will be talking about the clash at Wido Valley. There'll also be some lies to look for, hidden away like a needle in your favourite haystack. Hi Pax, how you doing? Good. How you I, feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling um excited, mm-hmm. elated, okay, a little bit bubbly. Okay, how many more synonyms do you have ready to go? Uh, those are all the synonyms okay, I know. Great. <laughs> yeah. I only have NCA level one. Okay. Yeah. Well that really bodes well for me. Yeah, it does uh, actually getting yeah, into yeah, this yeah. game. Yeah. This um, is all NCA level two stuff. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> all of this. <laughs> it's all NCA level two history. Yeah, we cut out all the level one stuff oh, when we heard it. about your education. <laughs> I'm screwed. Oh well, good luck. <laughs> look, how, look how happy and confident I am now. Yeah. Okay, Pax, I'm gonna lie to you. Yeah, now. Okay, great. You okay with that? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to lie to you three times about a man named yeah. Edward Gibbon Wakefield. Okay. Edward Gibbon Wakefield was a child-stealing con artist who married a 16-year-old and then 10 years later married a different 15-year-old. He also invented how to colonize New Zealand while he was stuck in prison. Uh, According to the highly informed Encyclopedia of New Zealand, Wakefield was born in a town called Probably London on the 20th of March 1796. His father refused to have anything to do with his parenting, and his mother was really sick, so he was pretty much abandoned as a child. As you'd expect from a nascent con artist, he was described as charming but difficult, and he was constantly in trouble. He was withdrawn from his first school in 1807, so he got sent to Westminster School. But then in 1810, he just refused to go there anymore. Then he was sent to Edinburgh High School, but they kicked him out in 1811, because even as a child, he was an absolute piece of shit. Then he went home and did absolutely nothing for two years, before joining the diplomatic service to do absolutely nothing all over Europe. While working as a diplomat in France, he challenged Jean Laborde to a duel, but was reportedly too hungover to turn up the following morning. In 1816, he married a 16-year-old and convinced her dad to give him heaps of money and a job promotion. She died four years later, and Wakefield wanted another job promotion, so he found a 15-year-old schoolgirl with a rich dad and told her she had to come visit him because her mother was dangerously ill. That was a lie. 
to clarify, he was lying. Right. I'm not, right. I'm not just pointing out where the lies are. Right. Okay. In, okay, okay, in okay. my own. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. my own spiel. Okay. Great. Then he told the 15-year-old girl that she had to marry him to save her dad from all his terrible money troubles. That was also a lie. Same, same rule applies. Okay. He married his child bride and immediately fled the country. Eventually, he was caught and sentenced to three years' imprisonment for abduction, and the marriage was dissolved by a special act of parliament. While Wakefield was in prison, he saw all the poor people having a terrible time and thought, oh, hey, what if we just sent all the poor people somewhere else? So he wrote a book called A Letter from Sydney, which was a smart idea because A Letter from Sydney sounds way better than the rantings of a child abductor stuck in a British prison. Wakefield's basic idea was that the British should stop giving away so much of their colonial land for free. Britain should charge a price for the land they'd stolen so that they could pay for poor people to go work there. Basically, Wakefield was like, yep, definitely keep stealing the indigenous lands. There's no problems there. Uh, just make sure you sell that land so you can send over poor people to work for the rich people. Based on Wakefield's ideas, the New Zealand Association was formed in 1837 and smushed into two other groups to become the New Zealand Company in 1838 or 1839. I couldn't figure out which. The records weren't great. Wakefield became the director of the company throughout the 1840s, frequently travelling back and forth to New Zealand to negotiate his land deals with local iwi, before settling in Canada to help with their colonisation over there. He was then kicked out of Canada for having an affair with the Postmaster General's wife, which was the first and only time he was ever romantically associated with an age-appropriate woman. Leaving Canada, Wakefield moved to Wellington, where he was elected to the hut seat for the House of Representatives and to the Wellington Provincial Council. Then he got rheumatic fever, retired from politics, became deeply depressed, and died. In the end, he only had a couple of friends, including his son that numerous sources described as disappointing, his German manservant, and two bulldogs. He was a horrible man who died a sad death, and that's the story of Edward Gibbon Wakefield. Mm. Mm. Interesting guy. Yeah. It's interesting that a guy who's like not great and just goes to jail then gets elected to like boards and runs things. What a crazy time the 1800s were. I think for sure one of the reasons that he like invented a better way to colonize yeah. was because people were starting to be like, hey, you can't like come to the fancy parties anymore because yeah. of going to prison and having a 15 year old wife. And a 15 year old wife saying, <laughs> good luck, man. And he's like, I'll go start my own country. Yeah, 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 and they were like, right. And are you going to tell them about the 15 year old wife thing? And he's like, I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I can picture this guy. You know, like suave, charismatic, mm. but if you look into his eyes, there's like an unpredictability that is like scary. <laughs> but on the surface, he's super charming. That is absolutely like in all of the accounts of him. Yeah, it's just, it's... I can see him. <laughs> I can see him. In fact, Robbie, he weirdly looks a lot like you. Yeah, yeah. I did feel a little bit like you were describing me. I was yeah, like, yeah. immediately charming, but he doesn't seem settled. Yeah, there's yeah, something yeah, about yeah, him yeah, yeah. that seems a little super not at ease. Neuron neuronic? Neurotic? <laughs> Nah, neuronic. neuronic. I'm going right. to stick with what I said. Sure, <laughs> sure, go for it. Double down. Hey, level one, man. <laughs> it's all I've got. Okay, so uh, lies. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you say at the beginning that his mother was sick? I did. And then later on, you said that his mother being sick was a lie. No, he said when he wanted another job promotion, yeah. he found a 15-year-old schoolgirl with a rich dad yeah. and told her that she had to come visit him 
because yes. her mother was dangerously ill. Uh, he was like, oh, you quick, quick, come here. Your, your mum's ill. I'm not sure if like they what were- What does that mean? I don't know. Like, your mum's ill, leave her. Or he's like, oi, sick people are gross. <laughs> <laughs> come hang out here instead. But also she isn't sick. So he's just making, he's like, oh, get away from your mum. She's real sick. And it's like, she won't tell she you. She seems fine. <laughs> She's doing a cartwheel. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a symptom. That's, yeah. <laughs> She's that's got cartwheelitis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she will do that. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw one out here. Go for it. Great. I think the duel is fake. The duel that he challenged someone to a duel and then he was too hungover to show up. All right. I'm going to say that's fake. That accusation is correct. Yeah, great. Absolutely made up. Yeah. 100%. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it did. You were s- telling a story and then you were like, and then he wanted to duel someone. And I was like, why? Why did Robbie throw that in there? <laughs> yeah, why? I'll tell you why Robbie threw that in there. Because yeah. he had to have put in a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't narratively fit uh, yeah, at all. <laughs> okay, the other one I'm going to throw out. Yep. I don't, it seems crazy to me that. He was the direct. He got made director of the company after being in jail. To be like, you're a prisoner because you've done bad things. Oh, hey, you're the director of the company now. I feel like this is wrong on my part, but something's telling me that it just doesn't feel right. So I'm going to say he wasn't the director of the company. So Pax has got doubts about Edward Given Whitefield was director of the New Zealand company. Yeah, that accusation is incorrect. He was. <laughs> Yeah. It was. That's wild to me. The public sector had started to kind of pull away from him. And he was like, I'm going to go into the private sector. I'm going to go full colonization. Yeah. And I'm going to just run this company. It's wild that it's a a private company that did colonization. Yeah, that's that's mm. also wild. Just that very <laughs> fact is like, yeah. What like do they have like a jingle? Do they have... <laughs> Come on down, yeah. and steal some land. Yeah, if there's natives on your land. We'll take care of that. <laughs> yeah, call oh wait, hunt. Well, they didn't have phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Telegram. Um, <laughs> send us a pigeon. <laughs> it's hugely the New Zealand company's fault. I think also like even people that did the colonizing. Mm didn't sort of realize the extent of colonizing they were making way for. Yeah. And it was people like Wakefield who were like, yeah, more, more people. Yeah. Let's send more people Keep in. bringing them over. Keep bringing them over. In fact, we're going to sell land and we're going to spend that money sending more over. That whole strategy just meant that there were just more and more Pakeha arrived. Yeah. And then they were just like, forgot about the treaty. Yeah. Yes. All of that. Okay. So do I get three goes? You do. You three so, goes. okay. So, you're, you're so one from one. two. Yeah. Damn. So you've got one more. Okay. I'm going to say that uh, having an affair with the age-appropriate woman is a lie because I think he never had an interest in having a relationship with someone his age. All right. So we have an accusation from Pax that Edward Gibbon Wakefield did not have an age-appropriate relationship with the Postmaster General's wife Mm. or possibly even anyone. And that accusation is correct. Yes. Yep. Spot on. I okay. mean, you you understand this man I know so him, well. I know him too well. Yeah. Never with an age-appropriate woman. Do you feel like you've interacted with this guy before, but just like in our time? Absolutely. I feel like yeah. I've interacted with him. So Pax is on a very solid two points. Okay, great. It does mean that there's one more lie in there somewhere, Robbie. That I haven't yes. Which we haven't uncovered. So what's that one? Oh, interesting. Oh, the other lie um, was when I said... 
are that he frequently travelled back and forth to New Zealand to negotiate land deals with local iwi. I genuinely, I know, I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I was going to say that, but I was genuinely going to say that only because I was like, it's eight, it's in the 1800s. How do you frequently yeah. travel back and forth? <laughs> Once you've gone somewhere, you're there. You're there <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also know that that isn't a lie, Pax, because you only wrote things down, I think, on every single lie that I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, yeah, was yeah. immediately panicking. I was like, well, <laughs> I've lost this goddamn game. <laughs> yeah. I don't stand a chance. Yeah. I've seen Bax go, that's a lie. Can I write that down? <laughs> that's also a lie. I'll jot that one down. I was like, oh, Christ, this is going Turns really out, badly. All you need is level one. <laughs> <laughs> So, at the end of round one, mm. um, Pax is on a very solid two points. Robbie on a pretty pathetic zero points still. Mm-hmm. Come on, Robbie. Yeah. But that brings us zero into... Zero points total, actually, for that. <laughs> what do you mean? The... Well, I, the first episode. Oh, right. Okay, okay. You're on zero <laughs> you for <laughs> everything. <laughs> right. Robbie has yet to gain a single point in his own podcast. Robbie's going to have to get three out of three if I he wants to... have faith in Robbie. That makes one of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Robbie, I'm going to tell you about the Wairo Valley incident. The first big conflict between Māori and Pākehā after Te Tiriti or Waitangi happened in the Wairo Valley, near modern-day Blenheim. It was in 1843, so three years after Te Tiriti. One side of this conflict was Ngāti Toa, who occupied the land of the Wairau Valley, and the other side was the New Zealand Company, oh, we've heard about them, who reckoned they owned the land. Spoiler alert, they didn't. What happened was, the New Zealand Company had a nice little bespoke settlement in Nelson, where settlers largely got on with local iwi, and it was all good. But unfortunately, there were hundreds more settlers on their way to Nelson, and there wasn't going to be enough space for them. So the New Zealand company started to stress out. So in preparation for expanding their settlement, they start surveying the Wairau Valley. They argue with Ngāti Toa that actually the New Zealand company has the rightful deed to the land, but Ngāti Toa is pretty confident that that's not the case. A Ngāti Toa rangatira, te rauparaha, goes, well, look, why don't you get the land commissioner down here to settle this? But the company was like, hmm, we might just start surveying anyway. So without permission, the company send out some surveyors to start drawing up maps for the settlement. And one day, Te Rauparaha and his nephew, Te Rangi Hayata, go over to the surveyor's hut while they were off having a bath. And they burned down the hut with all their clothes inside. They were like, your hut was made from the scrub of Ngāti Toa land, so we're just burning our own property. I don't see any problem with that. But now the New Zealand company is super mad. They put together a posse of about 50 men, including Nelson's chief constable, who had the incredible name of Henry Shufflebottom, and march over to Te Rauparaha's place to try and arrest him and Te Rangi Hayata on arson charges. When the posse reach the Tua Marina stream, they find Te Rauparaha and Ngāti Toa waiting for them, and the police constable Shufflebottom goes over very confidently with a pair of handcuffs, and he tries to slap them on Te Rauparaha's wrists. So someone from Ngāti Toa cracks out a shot from their musket, and all of a sudden, there's a massive shootout between the settler militia and Ngāti Toa. Bullets flying, people screaming, people running around, but eventually, Ngāti Toa wins. The settlers... 
The best description of a battle. People running around. People running around. <laughs> Eventually, Nati Tor wins. The settlers turn and run back home, but Nati Tor chases after them and catches most of them up and kills them. As Utu for killing Te Rangi Hayata's wife, Te Rongo. In the end, four Māori were killed and 22 Pākehā, including Arthur Wakefield, Edward Wakefield's brother. And so, these Nelson settlers kicked up a fuss to the Governor-General, Robert Fitzroy. They're like, send in the army, get some revenge, man. And he's like, wait, 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 give me a second, I'll have a think. And after, he goes down and interviews everyone involved, and tries to figure out what happened. Fitzroy goes, yeah, it turns out you guys asked for this, for sure. His actual words were, in the first place, the white men were in the wrong. They had no right to survey the land. They had no right to build the houses on the land. And they were, then, first in the wrong. I will not avenge their deaths. Needless to say, there weren't that many governors who would be that just. The settlers were so mad at Fitzroy, they actually burnt an effigy of him and petitioned to get rid of him. They end up succeeding, and he got sent back to England and replaced with an absolute psycho called George Grey. But that's a whole other story. And that is the story of the first big conflict between Māori and Pākehā after Te Tiriti o Waitangi. Okay, I'm going to say that Ngāti Toa did not shoot first. Right. Got an accusation coming in from Robbie about Ngāti Toa starting the shootout. And that accusation is correct. Robbie. So far, so good. On a roll. So what did happen? It was the settler who shot first. Apparently they were uh, crossing the stream and one of the settlers accidentally let off a shot with their musket. Oh, right. Accidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, whoops. But I can, I can also imagine it being like the settlers were going over to fight, but a chunk of the settlers are just like... I'm just a shoemaker, yeah. <laughs> you know? For sure. And he's holding a musket, and there's moldy dudes on the other side of the stream doing, like, the neck, throat, slicey hand gesture, going, like, like, you're finished. I just, I just love cobbling. I'm, yeah. I'm a... <laughs> wow, okay, so... Good job, Robbie. One Thank from you. one. It's a great start. Yeah, and that's the only one I have any level of confidence on. Okay. So, great. Purely based on the fact that I researched Wakefield... Yes. ...and I don't remember Arthur Wakefield... I'm going to say he didn't die in the battle. That's my official guess. Lock it in. Robbie has doubts about Arthur Wakefield dying at Wairo Valley. That accusation is incorrect. He did die. He did die. Um, okay, okay. One from two. So you can the best you can do now is draw. Yes. Okay. There draw. is a tiebreaker. Oh, okay. Ready to go. Okay, interesting. Could you read the bit about um, what the governor said and, and, yeah. the, and then... People burning effigies in response to that? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So his actual words were, In the first place, the white men were in the wrong. They had no right to survey the land. They had no right to build the houses on the land. I will not avenge their deaths. And then the settlers were so mad at Fitzroy, they actually burnt an effigy of him and petitioned to get rid of him. And they end up succeeding and got him sent back to England and replaced him with an absolute psycho called George Grey. But that's a whole other story. Okay. I don't think that's the reason that Fitzroy was removed as governor of New Zealand. That is my official guess. I can see that Pax is smiling a little bit, which <laughs> doesn't feel good. <laughs> no, I'm smiling at I'm smiling at your success, man. Right. The, the accusation mm. is incorrect. Mm. 
God. Nah, I was smiling at your failure. Damn it. <laughs> I knew it. Turns out the settlers really hated when the Governor General stood up for Māori. Even just a little. Yeah. The actual, I, uh, Robbie, I, I don't want to say it was right there on a silver platter. Okay, but you have kind of just said that. I have, yeah. <laughs> and shame on you. Okay, um, great. The, the chief constable was not called Henry Shufflebottom. You bastard. <laughs> His I name was Henry Thompson. You. Thompson. Yeah, the worst name. <laughs> but and you just he... wanted to say bottom again and again? Yeah, and and you know what? It was it fun. I liked it, Robbie. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there. So there's one other lie yep. stuck in oh, there yes, somewhere. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, is this around the governor? No, it's oh, no. around the burning of the hut. So they burnt down the hut, but yep. they actually took care to protect the surveyor's belongings they didn't just let their clothes and stuff burn they actually oh. made the effort to make sure that their belongings were safe before they burnt down the hut so when they said we only burn things that you stole from our land yeah. they meant that literally literally and yeah they was very careful to make sure that that was literally the stuff true. that they didn't steal from their land they did not burn that is remarkably generous yeah i yeah i wouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah Packs have come through with two points. Yep, for spotting two lies. Mm. And Robbie, oh yes, has gained a total of one point. Okay, well, great. Congratulations, Pax. Thank you. Thank so you for proud of me. you. Oh, thank you so much for being a part of the Citizens Handbook Podcast on this episode on colonization. So, what do I win? So it's a supermarket voucher. Okay, it's expired though. Just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you get an it. expired supermarket. What supermarket is it for? Food Town. Oh, that doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore. It's, it's expired. So, <laughs> to be honest, we only noticed it was expired before before we started. Just before we started. So, recording. Hey, I wish I knew it was expired. I spent twenty dollars on it. So time travel is the only way <laughs> that I can redeem this. Yes, but we're so glad that you came. Yeah. Yep. And congratulations. Thank you. The citizens. If you liked this podcast, you'll love the web series, The Citizen's Handbook, and you can find it at rnz.co.nz. The Citizen's Handbook podcast was researched and written by Phineas Teppett and me, Robbie Nickel. It is produced by Izzy Walton and Kevin and Co. The technical producer is Tim Batt. RNZ supervising producer is Justin Gregory, and RNZ senior commissioner is Kay Elmers. Tim Watkin is RNZ's executive producer for podcasts and series. This podcast was made possible by the RNZ and NZ On Air Innovation Fund. You can subscribe to this and every other RNZ podcast at Apple, Spotify, and other podcast providers. Please give us a rating. That way other people get to hear about the show.